morning, I want to kind of continue on a little bit from what we did last week. Last week, we celebrated our third year as a church, which is really, really amazing to me, and time flies so quickly. And it's, it's really um, interesting to me because the way it's all come to shape and come into being is not at all like I thought it would be. And it's not at all like what the church planter, you know, this is how you're supposed to do it, but it is as God is building our house, and that is amazing. And, and I will tell you that we have so many opportunities. Um, this past week, I've talked to so many people that were um, in terrible situations, almost lost their life. Two people almost took their lives this week. And God's just put us in a situation that we are really, really embedded into the actual real life, the raw living of people. And I love that. I don't love that they're going through it, but I love that when we all go through something, that we have someone that is there to be with us. And I love that God does that for us. And and I'm so honored that he uses me and that he uses you. And I will tell you that we, we're starting a newsletter, and I just posted it out on Facebook, that we're going to be sending out to everyone, just kind of tell you the stories that happen, because I don't get an opportunity in, in church to tell you all the stories. And when we're still at North Church, I would, on Wednesday nights after pastor's class, everyone would want to know the stories of what happened, and they would all stay later, even though normally they're like ready to leave, you know, because I'm telling the stories of what happened. It's just crazy what God does. So we have a sign up that if you want to be a part of that, you can just email me, um, Pastor Kevin at belongdfw.com, and we'll add you on to that. And every month we're going to be just telling the stories and just telling some of the things. That's where we're getting share my story out of. That's going to be one of the parts of that. But last week we looked at a premise that I want to build upon today. And I thought it was just going to be last week, and then I got this week's, and then this morning, this has never happened to me before, this morning when I was still trying to sleep my four hours that I actually got last night, I was trying to sleep, I woke up with next week's message, I told Lenora, I said, I'm so excited, I'm tempted to teach next week's this morning, because it's just like, it's just jumping around inside of me. But if I were to title this, it would be The Currency of Heaven. And it kind of stemmed off of me being in Florida a couple of weeks ago and meeting with one of my best friends, Pastor Joe Cadena. And we were just iron sharpening iron. We're just going back and forth talking. And, and it we're just, it's something he said, and I said, well, you know what the answer to that is, right? He goes, tell me, preach to me, just like talk to me. And I'm like, what's the currency of heaven? And he looked at me and he goes, I don't know, tell me. And I said, and it was just like, it was really kind of a spontaneous thing that just kind of rose up inside of me. And I said, this, this currency of heaven is people. Our currency is money. It's gold. And, and we think, you know, the most valuable thing in our society is gold. God showed Adam and Eve where the gold was and, and put that in there. But God has so little importance on gold that he uses that for paving material. But what's important to God in Matthew six thirty three, Jesus says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, God doesn't mind you having stuff, but it isn't about the accumulation of stuff. My brother-in-law posted on Facebook yesterday. He goes, I don't want everything. I just want a few things because if I got everything, I have no place to put it. And I just tagged on there. I'm like, yeah, and as often as you move, you'd have to move it all. You know, it's just crazy. But God isn't worried about us having some things and some nice things. 
but he's more concerned about what is really important to him. And again, I said, his most, our most valued commodity he uses is paving materials. The, the scripture says that God wants us to prosper in all things, even as our soul prospers. But it's not just out here, get rich, 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 and you are spiritually deficit on this side. I want you to think about something. And I, I have an image that I had created for this morning, and they're, they're going to put it up. It's going to stay behind me a little bit. But I had this kind of epiphany, if you will, this week as I was preparing this, and it just kind of just jumped out. We know that there are the angels that God created in the heavenlies, and, and they're breaking, broken down into three categories. So there's Gabriel, who is the messenger, and he has a third of the host of heavens that are with him, that they, are, they work under him, so it's a hierarchy. And then we have Michael, the archangel, and he's the warring angel, and then there was Lucifer, who was the worship angel, and, and his body surrounded the throne of God. But So we see we have three different kinds. We have messengers, we have war- warriors, and we have worshipers. But then Lucifer fell with pride, and you know that whole story. I'm not going to go into that whole thing today. And, and God threw him down. But as I was sitting here just preparing this, before God had the fall, before he created man, why did he need a third of the angels to be messengers? Who are they giving messages to? They're all in heaven. And why did he need warriors? Why did he need a third of the heavenly hosts to be warring angels? Who were they going to war with? Why were there worshipers that were created? And whenever they're thrown down, it never shows that God replaced the worshipers in heaven. Angels don't get us. They, they look at us and they're like, how is it that God is so concerned with them? Because they see all of our mistakes. He created a pl- perfect place for us to live and then gave us the choice to accept him or to reject him. And I, I did a message on this um, back when we were still at North Church and I went into a lot um, greater detail on that whole thing. And it's up on our YouTube channel if you're a- interested in, in looking at that. But it's the, how, how God created us and that whole fall and how it all works out. And it's just fascinating. I learned that when I was a student at Christ for the Nations under Dutch Sheets. It was just an amazing, amazing message. But the thing that we will see is God's heart, even in how he created all the heavens, as he created the earth, is people. The currency of heaven is people. And when I had this image created this week, I told him, I said, listen, I want all the other faces to be blurred out so you can't really see them, but I want one to kind of stand out a little bit. And Corey did a really, really good job with that. The currency of heaven is people. People will hurt you. Man, you don't have to be in church three minutes to find out somebody's going to hurt you. You can just be in a friendship with somebody for three minutes, and you're going to find out that they're going to hurt you. And what you thought you had trusted in them, they, did, they didn't guard that well, and they hurt you. And they, because hurting people hurt people. And that is the, the, the thing that just happens in our broken world. And I saw a pastor friend of ours um, who went through the church launching thing says, the one who got hurt most by the people in church was Jesus, but yet he still comes. There's still hope for us. 
But you see, when we get our eyes are on the heart of God, you won't get wounded. Because you'll understand of hurting people, but God's heart is still for people. If you'll turn in your Bible with me to Luke chapter 10, verse 25. I'm so excited. I can't even, I can't even help contain myself right now. One day, an expert in the religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied to him, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus had given this answer previously, so he's kind of spinning it around on Jesus. Jesus said, verse 28, right, do this and you will live. The man, verse 29, wanted to justify his actions, so he's trying to make himself look okay. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? See, if I love my neighbor as myself, see, he's quoting Jesus back to Jesus, then it's like, okay, I can do that if it's these people over here that I like, if it's these people over here that I agree with. But Jesus, you tell me who, who is my neighbor. Verse 30, Jesus replied with a story. I love how Jesus replies with stories and, and made up stories, allegories, and, and he just weaves this great, great story in here to tell you something without coming right out and telling you, letting you draw your own conclusions. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man, which is important to them culturally, was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he saw them, he saw him, he didn't miss him at all, he saw him lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the road and passed him by. Verse 32, a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, and then he also passed by on the other side. So he didn't just see him and go, oh, okay, I don't know what's going on over there, but I, I don't have time for this today, so I'm going to walk on the other side of the road. He walked right up to him, almost like poking him, like, hey, are you still alive? Okay, yeah, okay, I don't have time for that. And he also passed by. Verse 34, then a, dis a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, see, every one of them saw him. I love this next one. He felt compassion. See, each one of the other two saw him. One of them got up so close that he could touch him, but they didn't feel compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds, did first aid on him, and bandaged him all up. They put the man on his own donkey and took him into an inn where he took care of him the next day. So he stayed with him all night. So here this good Samaritan in Jesus's story is on this path, stops everything he's doing, cancels what is he's supposed to go. I mean, he was going somewhere for a purpose. He stopped what he was doing to pick this guy up, give him first aid, put all the bandages on there. And then how many of you know that wasn't like a quick trip? I mean, you just got to walk really slowly. Oh, that hurts. Oh, you got to go really, really slow. And he gets in there and he stays with him all night long. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man, and if his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I am here. Verse 36, Jesus is asking again, now which of these three would you say was a neighbor 
to the man who was attacked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said, now, yes, now go and do the same. Last week we looked at the the only story in the Bible that Jesus gave three different versions of the same thing. Usually he tells one story and you're going to get your your understanding out of that and you may go home and think about it more and, and, and it may, you know, kind of crock pot inside of you and grow and grow and grow. But this is the only one that he told three different ways. And I'm not going to re-preach last week, but if you'll recall, it was the, the good shepherd with the 99 sheep, one left, went over here. He says, a good shepherd leaves the 99 for the one. Then he went right into, or the woman who lost a coin in her house, she'll sweep the whole house. She'll forget about all the other coins she has in her purse because she's going to find that one coin. And then as he doesn't even take a breath, he goes, and then it's like the kingdom when the two sons were there. One said, give me the money that is coming to me now and let me go out here. And he left. And then the father's out there and Jesus says, all of this, the, the kingdom of heaven is so excited when one person comes back see this one person sitting on the side of the road with the good Samaritan went to him the religious people saw him maybe even made eye contact with him it's like oh I don't have time to deal with this that looks messy no I might get some blood on my clothes I might Oh, no, that's going to mess me up. And the other guy got really, really close. Is he alive? Is he dead? See, it wasn't convenient for the Good Samaritan. It cost him something. It cost him money. Tempted to make us all say the word money. It cost him something. And that wasn't even enough for him to pay for fixing him all up. But then he says, hey, if he costs more money in the future, I got it. Have you ever had that friend? Or have you ever seen somebody who has that friend? This happens to me quite a lot in driving. That that friend is going to pay for another friend. And they just take complete advantage of that. I've got a customer that he'll, I'll drive him like, yeah, the other guy's got this. Don't worry about it. He doesn't give me nothing. And then the other guy's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Okay, I'll pay, pay his bill. But he just puts it on him. It's like, don't worry about it. Whatever, I run up. Hey, let's go here. Let's go there. Whatever it costs. Oh, he'll pay it. It's not a problem. This one particular guy, he was at a, at a place and he'd bought some food and appetizers and everything. He waited till the friend came in and the friend runs over there and gives him the credit card. I'm like, oh my gosh, he can pay for his own food. He can pay for his own... Um, anyway. See, in this situation, Jesus is showing us that that good Samaritan went way out of his way. First of all, it was a Jewish person, and they hated the Samaritans, so he didn't even have to give him the time of day. But he felt compassion. Can I tell you, I think sometimes we've forgotten, and we've gotten away from this principle. And now our society looks at only, what does this benefit me? If I, if I go out of my way to do this, how is this going to be a return for me? How, how, how am I going to get benefit out of this? How, how is this going to make me look better? Or how is this going to help me be better footed? But that good Samaritan wasn't looking at anything it was going to do for him. If anything, it cost him his schedule. Where he was going, he had to change his entire timeline. cost him money. And he paid in the future. And he's going to pay even more in the future in this story. 
Proverbs 19, 17 says, if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord. It says literally, if you show favor to the poor, if you go out of your way to help the poor, you're lending to the Lord. I want us to look at another story that Jesus is talking about in Luke 14. He talks about when the last days are here, and I mentioned this a little bit last week as well, that there's going to be a banquet season, that we're going to have this great thing. Luke 14, verse 15, Jesus is talking about that banquet. And hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Doesn't that sound like a spiritual person, a religious person? Oh, brother, won't it be great? We're up in glory, and we can sit at the kingdom of God, and we can sit at the table, and, and oh, won't that be great? And Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent a servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But then they all began making excuses. And one said, I just bought a field and I got to go inspect it. And just please excuse me. Another one said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and, and I need to go try them out. So please excuse me. Another one said, I just got married, so I can't come. They all had excuses, and maybe they were even good excuses, but they all had an excuse not to go. The servant returned and told his master what they'd said, and the master was furious and said, Now go quickly to the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. It's like, I'm not going to let all this food spoil. I've been preparing this thing. We've had this whole thing done, and when now it's time, it's ready for it, no one wants to come and participate. And after the servants had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. The economy of heaven, the currency of heaven is people. For God so loved one. For God so loved me. For God so loved you. That he turned heaven upside down and sent Jesus. He gives us this story about the the man walking on a path and and he gets hurt. And he's there and and it's it's terrible. And, And these other people walked around. But the one came and was worried about just that one person. In this other story, he's like, man, there's still room. Cut, get everybody in here, not just the important people, not just the people that would normally be invited on our list. Let's go behind the hedges. God went all out for every one of us. The thing that God doesn't have in heaven is people. Because he gave us a choice to accept him or to reject him. Think about that for just a moment. God created everything, created the heavens, he created the earth, the trees, the animals, 
And he could have made it so that we were just robots. And we just walked in line. We just do what we're told to do. Automatically go to heaven. I mean, didn't even have to create earth. If that's what he wanted, he could just populated earth. And I mean, heaven and we're just all there. But he wanted our hearts to choose him. And he gave us the greatest gift of all, I believe, and that is choice. And his heart is looking for those people. So there are going to be 99 over here that are doing it right. There can be the 99 that are they're just, it's going well. I mean, they got some hiccups, but by and large, they're doing it right. But man, that one leaves in God's heart. It's like, I'm not looking at the 99. I'm looking, I'm looking at that one. Because that same illustration, you've got some coins that are worth a lot of money and you, you can't find one of them. What are you going to do? You're going to search the whole house, turn it upside down looking for that one. The son who left. It's amazing our sphere of influence. The people who are watching us through our online campus, and we welcome every one of you. And it's it's so awesome to see the stats and to see where everyone's at. And the people that I talk to that live too far to come but are watching us, and all of our friends and new people. People are listening to the podcast that's going around the world for the glory of God, not for me. Let me ask you this question. Which one are you this morning? Are you the one who isn't right with God? Maybe you wandered away like the one sheep from the hundred. Or maybe like that coin that got lost for whatever reason and just got misplaced. You would say this morning, I, I'm far from God. Or maybe you even walked away for a reason. Maybe you got hurt in church. Maybe some Christian, some minister, some fill in the blank. You got hurt. Or maybe you were just like, I'm had it, I'm going to go do my own thing. Like Jesus gave us the example of the prodigal son. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Today can be your day to be found. See, there's a value of one. The currency of heaven is people, but there's tremendous value on one. Today, you're one. So where are you? Today can be your day to be found. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. and You don't have to say the words exactly like I say it. It's between you and God. It's a private moment. You can simply say this. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I'm the one. Thank you for paying for my sins so I don't have to. Today is my day. I invite you into my life and I ask you to forgive me. I come just like I am. I surrender it all to you. I was lost, 
but today I am found. I choose to follow you today. In the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. Lord, it's the greatest privilege of my life to be able to give this offering of a prayer every week. Lord, for the scores of people that have prayed that prayer, that they've realigned their lives, Lord, that they're, they're the one that's coming back to the 99, or they're the one that's lost, that was just under a bunch of dust, or the ones that maybe have walked away because they were so fed up, or just going to do life on their own. God, I thank you that your word says that all of heaven rejoices when one comes back, when one comes to heaven. God, the thing you're looking for in heaven is people. God, we give you this time. Lord, may we now see the value of people is so much to you that our focus is your focus to win one for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you'll pull your connection card out with me. If you'll put that image back up too, please. I love the, the play on the words that we won one. Next week, we're going to look at that even more in greater detail. But I want us to be challenged to think about that one person. That one. Man, even if I say that, I've got just lots of images of people that I'm praying for. Maybe you do too. So, Michael's already told you about the connection card. If you can finish filling that out if you haven't already, and then there's a place here for you to put in the middle of your decision today. And man, I tell you, everyone who's watching us online, we really want to hear from you. We want to hear what your decision was. We want to hear what your story is. So please fill this out and let us know. Then there's a place, as he said, for your prayer requests. So we're going to give you just a minute to finish filling that out. And then Michael's going to come and collect those up. Michael's doing triple and quadruple duty today with Jesse being gone. And he's back there running the words and doing the video, doing the live stream, doing the greeting, doing the... He's just... Michael's the greatest person. He's Superman. Yeah. Is there a big S underneath your shirt there, Michael? And it was his birthday on Friday, everybody. So how old was Michael? 25. He's a quarter. He's a quarter. All right. Well, if you'll stand to your feet, we're going to pray and be dismissed. Father God, I just thank you so much for what you're doing here. Lord, the stories that I hear every week, the lives that are changed, Lord, just encourage me on fuel me to go harder and to go higher with you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, as we're going to start sharing some of those stories through this newsletter. Lord, that everyone else is going to see the same thing. And Lord, most of all, I thank you that you're getting glory.
Father, we thank you for all the connection cards that have come in this week through the weekend services, Lord, the prayer requests, Lord, the tithes and the offerings that your people have paid through online and in the buckets to the services, Lord. I speak a blessing over your people and we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.